Every husband knows the look. All the husbands are nodding and some looking at their wives saying, yeah, I got that look today, actually. When you know that you have said or done something you should not do. Now, I, I've never gotten the look before. I'm getting it right now. I'm getting it right now. I did something one day, and Sarah gave me the look. I said, no, 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 no. Only your mama can look at me in that tone of voice. You cannot look at me in that tone of voice. Um, every husband knows the look. Uh, a lot of us men know the look in lots of ways. I, I remember um, we had co- I'd come home uh, from something, and, and I'd made some, something I thought was very funny, and apparently wasn't as funny. And every, everyone in the house gave me the look. Like, okay, I guess this is, everyone's going to give me the look now. Um, but it isn't just something that we husbands know, but every one of us has gotten the look at some point in your life, be it from your spouse, be it from your mama or your daddy or your grand choir director. <laughs> yeah, 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 I've got, I've got, I've got. I may get that look more from Tim than from Holly if I think about it. So, yeah, yeah, we all, we, we lovingly refer, refer to it as the stink eye. So, um, you know, we, we all know the look. We've gotten it from our parents. Sometimes you get it from your balls. Sometimes you get it from strangers at Walmart. I mean, we've all, we've all gotten the look before. Tonight, the text we just read we see Peter and get the look. Thursday started off so well for Peter. You know, Holy Week is a journey. We talk Sunday in worship and Palm Sunday about the journey that we walk and we start down. And uh, each day of Holy Week, something different happens that, that impacts Jesus and the disciples, and as we today walk the same path, something different, a different emphasis each day that impacts us. And, and of course, we come to Thursday when the disciples were to celebrate the Passover meal. What became for us Lord's, Lord's Supper? Jesus was teaching. You heard the first passage. Uh, I was uh, one of the best ideas for a revival I ever heard was a friend of mine in the Delta had a sermon series, a, a revival series called Last Sermon, where he had preachers come, to each, different preachers now the revival, come and give their last sermon. If you had one sermon left to preach, what would you preach? I always thought it was a neat idea. In the first passage we read, we saw Jesus' last sermon. He gave them examples of love and service, the washing of feet. He gave them the meal of communion as a constant reminder of not only his death, but also the resurrection that was to come and the meal we'll eat one day in eternity. So he gave them these tangible, touchable examples. But he also gave them a commandment to say love. If Jesus had one commandment, if he had one sermon to give his people, one sermon to give his disciples, one sermon to give us on his last night on the earth before the cross and the resurrection... The sermon he gave was love. They will know you're my disciples by your love. 
Not by your actions, not by your theology, not by your worship style, not by any of these things, but they will know you are my disciples by your love. Tertullian, one of the early church fathers said, oh, those Christians, oh, how they love one another. I don't want to be accused of being too loving in my life if I've got to be accused of anything. They will know you're my disciples by your love. I and mean, everything's going swimmingly. They're having the meal. They're getting this teaching. And Jesus says, you know, this bad stuff's going to happen. And Peter says, uh-uh. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. This is not going to happen to you. This will not happen. He says, Peter, for the rooster crows. He'll deny me three times. Peter says, no, Lord, no, it will not happen. It will not happen. And Peter was so fired up about it. When they came to arrest Jesus in the garden, he took a sword and cut off a guy's ear. I mean, Peter was on fire, y'all. They take Jesus away. There he is in the courtyard. And three times, people come to Peter and say, hey, 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 you're one of his, aren't you? You're one, of, you're one of that Jesus fella. You're one of his disciples, aren't you? And three times, Peter says, no, I don't know him. Mm-mm, no idea. I'm just, pa- I'm just passing through. No idea what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know who that Jesus fella is. No idea. Three times. And after the third time, the rooster crows. And Jesus turns. And gives Peter the look. But the look that Jesus gave Peter isn't the same look that Tim gives me when he won't won't laugh at my jokes, which are always funny. The look that Jesus gave Peter was this look of love. Because Jesus loved him. Jesus loved Peter. And there's never a time in Peter's life, before or after he betrayed Jesus. Don't forget that it wasn't just Judas that betrayed the Lord on this night, but Peter three times had the chance to stand up and say, Yes, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And three times he refused. Jesus looked at Peter and loved him. Jesus loved him. Jesus loved Peter more than Peter's mind can ever fathom. Even after Peter messed up. Even after Peter did this awful thing. And even after Peter denied being a follower of Jesus Christ... Jesus looked at Peter, and he loved him. But that was not the only part of the look that Jesus gave Peter. Jesus looked at Peter, and he saw the pride in Peter that made him deny his Lord. Jesus looked at Peter, and he saw the cowardice 
that came upon Peter. When forced to make a decision between standing for God or standing with the crowd. Jesus saw the cowardice in Peter. Jesus saw the arrogance in Peter. The arrogance said, oh, no, Lord, they may all fall away, but not me. I'm awesome. No, I'm not sorry like they are, Lord. No, not me. Jesus looked at Peter and saw his arrogance. Jesus looked at Peter and saw his temper. Jesus looked at Peter and saw his doubt. Jesus looked at Peter and saw the depth of his sin. Jesus looked at Peter and saw the sin that was in a matter of hours going to drive him to an excruciating, public, humiliating death. Jesus looked at Peter and he loved him. But Jesus looked at Peter and he knew Peter's sin. And Peter knew that Jesus knew. That's why Peter broke down. It wasn't just because he failed. But Peter understood just how much he had failed his Savior. And Peter knew that Jesus knew. Jesus looks at us tonight. He loves us. Oh, my goodness. Oh. The last verse of the first hymn. And that song of love shall be my theme and shall be till I die. And shall be till I die. Redeeming love shall be my theme and shall be till I die. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you tonight more than your mind can ever imagine. You are his prized possession. He loves you. Never, ever, 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 ever doubt the depth of God's love for you. Ever. Ever. You're loved. You are loved more than a human can ever understand. You are loved. Jesus looks at you, and he looks at you with love. But he also looks at you and sees your sin. He looks at us, and he sees our sin. He sees our pride. He sees our lust. He sees our greed. He sees our hatred. He sees our arrogance. 
He sees our apathy. He looks at us and he sees the very sin that drove him to the cross. It was for us he died. It was my sin. It was the sin of Andy Stoddard that thrust the spear in his side. It was the sin of Andy Stoddard that drove the railroad spikes into his hands. And as he labored for breath, dying alone, I put him there. We put him there. It was our sin. Tonight, he looks at us with love. But he also looks at us and sees our sin. We want to avoid those eyes, don't we? You know how when you're a kid and you're in trouble, you won't look your mom and daddy in the eye? It's a fearful thing to look into the eyes of a man who's fixing to die for you. It's a fearful thing to look at the eyes of one who's fixing to die, not just for our sins, but for the sins of the world. And to know that he knows. We cannot hide our sin from God. We cannot hide our inmost thoughts. We cannot hide our inmost anger. We cannot hide our inmost sin. Our God knows the depth of our sin. Our God knows the depth of our brokenness. Our God knows the depth of our need. And it was for that reason that he died. It was for that reason he came. He was the perfect lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the world so that humanity could be redeemed, so that we could be at peace with our God, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be washed clean. But here's the thing, y'all. Here's the thing. I love this quote by Brennan Manning in his book, The Ragamuffin Gospel. Most of us don't really believe we're sinful, so we can never really believe we're forgiven. We live lives of pseudo-repentance and pseudo-bliss, never understanding the full depth of God's love. You are sinful. I am sinful. We are all sinful. It's okay. It's who we are. We are broken vessels. But when you understand just how real sin is, when you understand just what it did to Jesus, when you understand what God had to do to reconcile us to himself, then you can understand the amazing, surpassing, glorious, all-consuming love of God that God looked at us and saw our sin and said, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to make that right. I'm going to redeem that. I'm going to forgive that. I'm going to restore that. And no sin can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Neither height nor depth, nor things in, nor things in heaven, nor things in hell, nor angels, nor demons, nor anything in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing.
but the cross had to come first. We cannot truly know the power of grace till we truly know the power of our own sin. Tonight, will you look Jesus in the eye? Will you let him truly look at you? Not hiding yourself behind acts of religion. Not hiding yourself with piety. But let the Holy Spirit truly search us. Let the Holy Spirit truly point out to us where we have fallen from our God. Let the Holy Spirit truly show us where we stand in need of redemption. And will we feel the blood of Christ applied to our hearts? Jesus looked at Peter. And he knew the depth of Peter's sin. And Peter knew that he knew. And it made him weep. Jesus looks at us, and yes, he loves us. But he knows the depth of our brokenness, he knows the depth of our hurt. And does that make us weep? Does the reality of sin, the reality of all we've done, the reality of every time we knew better and we still did it, the reality of every time we thought, oh, it's okay, God will forgive me, does the reality of all these actions Do they drive us to weep? You are, you are loved. Oh my goodness, you're loved. And you are forgiven. But tonight, 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 we must stop. And we must focus on what our Lord had to do so that we could be forgiven. Because if we don't, Easter won't have the full effect. Tonight, Jesus wants to look at you. Truly look at you in the face. Tonight, Will you let him? Let's pray.